Hi, this is Seth Mosley, and this is the Made It in Music Podcast, show 163. Welcome to the podcast, where we bring you tools and resources to help you go full-time in music and to stay in. The music business is a roller coaster ride, changing faster than any of us can pay attention to. We all need a competitive edge to stay ahead and to stay successful. What's working, what isn't, and what's coming? That's exactly what this show is all about. Back again with Full Circle Music, the Made It in Music podcast. What's up? Seth Mosley here on the Made It in Music podcast. We've got my good buddy Matt Hine. What's up, my friend? What is up, my friend? Pumped. It's going to be a good good time. You're here, and uh, we've got a great episode. I've got a little intro for you. But first, I wanted to highlight one great free resource that we have at Full Circle Music. And that's our YouTube channel. Not only can you find all of the videos and the podcasts there, but you can also find content about songwriting, production, the music business, uh, getting started in the music industry, and so much more. All the goods. So we're working on creating a ton of awesome content right here, right now, in this room to serve you as a musician. So head over to YouTube.com slash official FC music, as in Full Circle Music, to check it out. Do it. So we've got Matt Hine, our guest today is Matt Hine. Matt is a founding member Hey-o. of pop worship band I Am They. I Am They has played alongside Matthew West, Mercy Me, Crowder, and others alike. And in 2015, I Am They received a Dove Award nomination for New Artist of the Year. Their single Scars hit number two on the radio charts, and My Feet Are on the Rock and From the Day both hit top 15 and top 10, respectively. Most recently, I've been working with them uh, in the studio on their newest record, Faithful God, which you can pre-order if you go to imthey.com. Oh, man. Do that. I'm so excited for this interview and to see what wisdom Matt has for us today. So, thanks for being here. That was glorious, man. Thank you so much. That's the best intro I've ever had. Hey, well, I've been, I've been <laughs> as a past touring musician, I've been introduced in all of the wrong ways. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually a great way to start. What's been like the worst wrong band oh, name man. introduction? Oh man. Okay, before I am they ever existed, we were called Solomon's Porch. Ooh, that's, so, that's a tough one. yeah, so our band, we never intended on being a band uh, in the beginning, and so we like started this worship night. That worship night turned into kind of this worship ministry back home. We called it Solomon's Porch, and uh, there was this band that came that was opening for us or whatever as things like started to grow or whatnot. And they were like, they called us Salmon's Porch. And <laughs> that doesn't even, like, they that doesn't were even completely make sense. like, yeah, they were, they were just like laughing. Like it was a big joke. They got everybody like, we were like, we just felt like Salmon's they completely porch. bashed us. But yeah, and, and then, you know, we're obviously now leading the league in pronouns with I am they. Yep. So it's like, yep. I am we, I am who, you are they, we are who, what? Like we always get all that. It's like Dr. Seuss. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I, I love that. That's amazing. Hey, We uh, did it to ourselves. I, I know you pretty well through working on records together and we've had just had a blast getting to know you, but I want to hear your backstory. How did you get started in music? Oh, man, I was... Uh, I, I, so I grew up playing my music, but my parents are musicians or whatnot, so I grew up in a very musical household. Uh, drums was my first instrument, and I grew up actually my first drum set. I say I was playing encyclopedias, 
you know, I got some sticks and my mom would put out the encyclopedias and like the thicker encyclopedia was the lower, you know, tone. I'd lay those out like next to my mom's piano and she would just always have a devotional every day and she'd include me in that. And so I'd just hang out and she would, whatever scripture she was reading that day, she would put to music. And Mm -hmm. so, um, we'd always end up jammed together. So anyway, I grew up playing. So she was kind of writing songs. Yeah. Yeah, Essentially. yeah, totally. So that was like my first connection to, to music, yeah, and, and songwriting and all that. But drums, like I couldn't, it's kind of hard to write songs on drums. So I found guitar actually in a youth group. I was 15. Uh, my buddies weren't on the basketball court, and uh, that was what I do every week. So I show up to youth group to play basketball with the boys, and there are, nobody's on the court. So I go inside everybody's got a guitar and our youth pastor's teaching them guitar and they had an extra guitar and they're like, Matt, jump in. So nobody to play basketball with. I grabbed a guitar and I think the first song I ever learned was that old song, Holiness. Mm. Holiness. Holiness. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but man, I took that home and like, you know, the eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper with like the three chords on it. Yeah. And I just fell, fell in love, man. Really because I could songwrite. Like I started singing and writing songs, mm. terrible songs. <laughs> Much easier to write on yeah. a guitar than it is on drums. That's that's a very good good point. But yeah, I will say you having the rhythmic foundation allows you to yeah. be a really great acoustic player yeah. now. So. Man, anybody awesome. I've, I've, you know, do music lessons or whatever – um, I've always said, like, if you could start on drums or piano, I think, like, that just frees you up. Like, mm. y- you know, coordination-wise, brain-wise, rhythmically, all of that yeah. stuff, I think yeah. is, yeah, it definitely helped. Well, we just my, my we just celebrated my six-year-old and three-year-old just had their birthdays, and we just got nice. them a drum set for their birthday, nice. which is... Is it an acoustic one or is it like the electric? It's not kit? electric. It's full on. Wow. You are asking for I it. I know. <laughs> the trick is... is Should have just a, gone with the encyclopedias, man. Here's the trick, though. <laughs> if you get a drum set, you put it in the garage, which is not attached to your house. It is oh, attached to my mother-in-law's house. So if my mother-in-law is watching this, sorry. She has signed off on it, though. She said, hey, I'm excited to hear her playing drums. So. Nice. <laughs> she woke up at 625. Five this morning saying, man, can we go play drums? Can we go play drums? Like, yeah. you're probably going to wake everybody up. And So if you can build your kids their own garage, exactly. then yeah, go get the acoustic kit. <laughs> that's it. We, we, were, we were smart, and that's where they do their homeschool and everything. But um, you're totally right, though. It's like I, I saw, I can't remember, I think it was the James Brown movie, like, yeah. came out like five, ten years ago or something. But I lo- my favorite scene in that movie is when James Brown goes around to his band and they're just not, they're just, it's not vibing, it's not working. Yeah. He goes up to the guitar player, he's like, "See that instrument you're holding? That's a drum. <laughs> See that instrument you're playing on the keyboard? That's a drum. Yeah. See that trumpet? That's a drum. <laughs> if you play That's everything awesome. like it's a drum, the rhythm is what I endears people to it. Like no matter what instrument you're playing, it doesn't matter what notes you're playing. That's right. We talk about that in songwriting is. A lot of the time, to come up with something that's like a catchy hook, which you're, yeah. you're great at, Thanks. it's less about the notes that you use and more about the rhythm. Yeah, I totally agree. Hook, melody, all of that doesn't work if it doesn't have a good rhythm behind it. Yeah. So that's awesome that yeah. that's how you started. And I, I love the encyclopedias. We, we'll, uh, 
We'll definitely take a picture if you have if you have one from we the should, past. We should have put that on the record. Huh? Yeah. Should have got some encyclopedias on there. We still got time. <laughs> Sorry, label. <laughs> um, would you mind sharing a little bit about your journey? I mean, obviously between yeah. that and you know starting Salmon's Porch, so- Solomon's Porch, <laughs> which turned into I Am They, was was I'm sure quite a journey. But oh my what, gosh! What did that look like? Yeah, I never. You got to stop me too if I get too far because hey, I never got time, know man. quite where to start on the 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 journey. You know, yeah. Um, yeah we started as uh, w- what was literally supposed to be one night of worship. Um, we had not enough people in one church to put together like a functioning band, so like we had to reach out to other churches. This was back in Carson City, Nevada. So, um, yeah, we brought in five different people from five different churches, or six different people, sorry, five different churches mm. came together, put a band together, and, like, hosted one night of worship, and people turned up, and um, that just, like, we were surprised. For us, like, it was a huge showing of 300 people, you know, in our small yeah. town, but that thing just kept growing, and then we had a, um, a local promoter you know, took interest or whatever, came to some of those nights. He ended up being our first manager, um, but asked us if we wanted to open for Matthew West, and that was like our first, our very first gig yeah. um, was opening for Matthew. No pressure. Reno, Nevada. <laughs> yeah. We're like, we should probably have a band name. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we we wrote songs for that, and like, you know, that was, that because initially we were just like, leading worship together, you know, like Christian karaoke, like, you know, church does. And um, then we started writing more um, just in that kind of vein. Um, I don't know, songs to God, Mm. Um, as opposed to crappy songs for your girlfriend. Mm. And um, yeah, and so we, that set us on course. We played our festival um, later on called uh, Spirit West Coast in California, and we won like this Battle of the Bands kind of thing that sent us to Nashville for the first time. And like Nashville was not on my radar to visit, let alone to you know live here and whatever all the stuff that happened. Now we're living here, um, but we went to Nashville. We recorded a song um, with a producer in Nashville, which we were pumped about. His name was uh, Billy Smiley. And um, what's hilarious for our listeners is that literally, like <laughs> on the other side of this wall, I am not lying. Billy Smiley is in that room, right, right there, dude. Okay, is that the craziest so, thing. <laughs> we have to get to some of this stuff because yeah, sorry, I'm jumping in. But everything has come full circle. It really has. And yeah, that by itself, the fact that you are called full circle. Yeah, um, <laughs> just so crazy. I interrupted but, you. Sorry. No, Billy. No, I, I totally. It was weird to have Billy coming in, you know, every other day or whatever while we're tracking the record and like just crazy. But, yeah, he did the very first song and he was like, hey, guys, I love this song. Can I send it to some friends? And we were like, didn't know what he meant by that at all. So we're just like out sightseeing Nashville and like going to the different hot spots. Um, And then all of a sudden we end up getting calls from like his friends ended up being the five major record labels. So then we got... um, you know, long story short, we ended up getting a couple offers from those labels, signed with the label here in Nashville and uh, with Sony Provident in 2013, mm. 
tracked a record in 2014, started touring that record in 2015 for the very first time in a Chevy van and a trailer and um, a two-wheel drive Chevy van. So that got crazy over the course of the next couple years as we as we uh, just started building and growing and mm. um, you know doing the thing. So we were all like, I love that you mentioned that it was two-wheel drive. Just because, yeah, there were it got crazy. Some of those years we had. If you're pulling a trailer with a two wheel drive in the mountains, that's just not. We had or super well. Snowmageddon. Do you remember when that went down? Like out here what, in the Midwest, it was. What like, year was that? I think it was 20, 2016, maybe. It was like very early on. I, I th- remember. I think just I vaguely our, remember it. Yeah. In our touring yeah. experience, or twenty seventeen, but it was like. I just remember we like had chains on the back of our, you know, on our two wheels that were that were working. And then like there's feet of snow everywhere. There's there's uh no, it was it was 2015 cuz it was like our first tour. Yeah. We were doing rock and worship road show. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. And we're Great following tour. semis. We were that was like the most hardcore tour touring experience we've ever had. Um we're following the buses and semis or whatever that are part of the tour. We had to. We weren't in a tour bus. Yeah. So <laughs> we were, were driving ourselves. Them driving down yeah. the road. Hey, they're sleeping great right now. <laughs> so we'd have a show at night, like in whatever stadium. We would wrap everything up. Everybody, like the drivers, are sleeping right in their hotel rooms. The the semi drivers or whatever, and we would have to wait for those rooms to open up, which would be like one a.m. or whatever. So then all the regular bands. <laughs> The regular bands would get on their buses and go to sleep, and we would wait for those rooms to open. Then we would go into those used hotel rooms and sleep on. And we had, like, all of those people, like, labeled out, like, the drivers. Yeah. There was, like, Harry guy. Yeah. There was, like, pizza guy. <laughs> Somehow they always use all the towels, too. Oh, yeah. No <laughs> towels left. It was so gross. Um so we would get a few hours night sleep, you know, sleep, and then we would have to wake up and then drive ourselves, like catch up with the tour yeah. and show up and then play the the gig. But yeah, it got got crazy, crazy. On uh, we had our stuff broken into somewhere in Washington, mm. um, so like the tour like got around us and like chipped in, got all our stuff back. Wow! Um, like, like found it or like bought like like you... bought it? Yeah, like. Wow. We're giving us in ears and stuff like that. It's amazing. Um, yeah, it was incredible. Bummer that happened though. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um so yeah, no, so it wouldn't have been that year then. Snowmageddon hit like the next year we had but there were like jackknife semis every yeah. uh, everywhere on the highway. We were like you had to try and stay in the in the lanes or, or the tire impressions, you know, <laughs> of the car in front of you. Yeah. And we like pulled into this hotel I remember like Motel Six or whatever, and our we had busted one of our chains, so we we're down to one chain, and then that chain busted like as we were pulling into the lot of this hotel. So um, I remember also going into like a Walmart and asking for chains because we busted one, and they were like, he was like chains, yeah, you can go like. Right, right here at the cabinet, he like pointed to the yeah, like chain, like 
necklace chains. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Like, nobody knows what chains are out here. Like, I guess that's a West Coast thing. I don't know. But well, my my wife and all the Swedes, the Scandinavians, they're laughing right now. Yeah, <laughs> so, that's right. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, we've had man, we've been through the ringer. Just um, as a band, we've had three of our six original people are gone or replaced now. So mm. we have five people in our band now, and uh, two of the three we have three lead singers. I'm one, and we have two others, a guy and a girl. And uh, so the two other original peeps are gone. Mm. Um, And that was just, you know, really, really tough. Like, um, you know, if I'm honest, like, yeah, I was, what, you know, co-founder of the band. Yeah. Um, But I felt like, I felt like I was the least, I've always felt like I was the, you know, like, God, what am I doing here? You mm-hmm. know, like, I, I never felt like, um, never, I'm one of those people that's like, never would have imagined myself in music mm. um, in any capacity. Like, mm. yeah, I loved it, but like. Like doing I, it as a career. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, so here here I am, you yeah. know. Um, but I, I think by the grace of God and just like the, the somehow that was God's will on my life, yeah, you know, and, yeah. I, and I've found it and leaned into it and all of that. But yeah, you know, when we had two, the two main singers, I would say in the band gone, it was, you know, and, and every time it was like, are we, are we still going to be a band yeah, tomorrow? Yeah. You know, like, well, man, prop props to you for not throwing in the towel. I know from personal experience, being in a band is hard. It's, it's, harder work than most people can even fathom. I mean, you t- you touched yeah. on a little bit of it, you know, the the touring side, which yeah. You know, at the time of recording this, we're in the middle of the COVID pandemic, so it looks a little bit different, but it will start <laughs> yeah. back up again and bands will be having yeah. to hit the road. Even COVID was hard in its own, you know, its own right. It's just it's a weird thing. Yeah. Yeah, it was hard before and this is another type of hardness with all the the touring vanishing that's like the livelihood so right so yeah prop, props to you for sticking through it man i again i i know the the, the personal dynamics the not sleeping yeah. the sharing rooms with semi drivers like that's the stuff that people when they hear this a song on the radio yeah they, their mind does not connect oh to get to that point <laughs> they had to drive 300 days out of the year and play this show to nobody and then set up their own stuff, tear it down. Like yeah. there's just so much that goes into it. So sure. what in, in those seasons was it that kind of kept you yeah. guys pushing through, whether it be band members quitting <laughs> or yeah. What kept Alive, you guys grounded? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And my wife and I, we were like, you know, newlyweds, um, when like I decided to quit my day job and like take on music, um, we she was pregnant. My wife got pregnant with our first child. Like that's good timing, real man. quick, really good timing. Yeah. <laughs> what is man, she and again, saying? like you know, as far as that goes into like the journey again, yeah. like how yeah. deep it goes. That's always been really interesting. I don't know if I've ever said this before, but we. Uh, so my dad growing up, like my parents split. My dad was. Um, they they 
found each other in ministry. Mm. And um, part of their splitting was like, you know, my dad was just gung ho and ministry and feeling like this is this is this is where God is leading us. This is where God is leading us. Let's go do this. Let's do that. Um and that was really hard on my mom. And so for me, it was like God set me up. Like mm. that's how it felt mm. to to just be like how are you going to do this because here I am like, you know, let's go towards this ministry or whatever, but I I just had to be very intentional because I'm like, man, I'm newly married, new kid on the way, and God, you are asking me to do the hardest thing that that I could do. It felt like the Abraham Isaac, like yeah, yeah. putting it all on the altar Yeah. Um, because I was like, I could have just, I started early working for the state, and that's what I did before. For over 10 years, I worked for the state of Nevada working in water resources mm. and I was doing that and I could have retired early. I like was all set up for that, you know, had the same dollars and cents every other week. I get my paycheck, you know, I, the I bought a house early, like everything was great and yeah. set up. And, uh, and like I said, then God was like, are you going to follow me in this? And my wife and I just never could shake the fact we'd go to sushi and, sit across from the table and just be like, you know, we'd pray and fast or just like, God, what do you, what do you want us to do? You know? And we, we'd, we'd stay separate in that. And then we'd come together, you know, yeah, over the table yeah. and just be like, what do you think? What was God speaking to you? And it was always like, we got to, he's still, he's still calling us forward. He's still wow. calling us towards this thing. Wow. And so, so she was, sounded like she was pretty fully, on board the entire time. Yeah, totally. It was like as hard as it was for us, she was fully committed to really obedience. And when you feel like you hear God in something, mm -hmm. any other answer is just is blatant disobedience. And you're like, I can't go there. Mm -hmm. um, it just didn't didn't sit right and with us. So we went after it, man. And um, yeah, it was it was really hard, you know, quit, quitting my job. I, I'd use all of my leave time, you know. I'd I'd be working literally. I would work overnight. And props to my boss because I had awesome bosses that were like believers, and um, one of them wasn't a believer, but he would like let me work overnight, <laughs> and I would wow. just stay in the office and scan stuff and whatever I was doing like yeah. through the night, so I could like earn the time to go to Nashville and whatever, you know, we were doing with the record label at that time, write songs or, yeah. um, you know, whatever it was. Um, but so you, so you've, you've put in, you've put in the time you've, you've done the paid the dues, yeah. so to speak. Any, any new person though, that's come into the band, like I've said, we've had a few people change that has always been like the core question for them. I've always said like, is God calling you to do this? Like mm. I, we go out and, you know, we can, you can scout people, you can find people, you can put them through the, you know, mm. your filter of questions of are these, is it the right fit? But at the end of the day, is, did God bring you here? And is this where God wants you to be? Yeah. And do you know that? Yeah. Um, because if you haven't heard for, for me, for our band, for me, um, as whatever uh, leader of the band, I just want to know that this person feels that, that their anchor is 
the call of God mm. on their life because so, I'm yeah. like you're gonna you're gonna come to the place where it doesn't make sense, where it's hard, where it's like, what am I doing here? Where I'm frustrated about this, that, or the other thing. And if you don't have some your anchor set deeper, then this is cool and I want to be in a band and, you know, oh, we get to travel or tour or whatever it is, um, like, that just, that wouldn't be enough. Yeah. So that's that's what it has been for me and I know for, for a lot of us in our band. So, yeah, praise God, man. Yeah. We're still here man, better than ever now, though. That's awesome. Um, man, I'd, lo- I'd love to hear just even a, a little bit. You've kind of been, you know, talking about it th- throughout, but what I, I want to hear a bit of your testimony. I mean, it sounds like you grew up in, in church in a family that was pretty rooted in faith, and it, it sounds like you've just kind of stayed stayed the course. Can you can you share a little more about that? Yeah, sure. We um, my my roots actually like my both of my parents again met in ministry, were believers, um, but ended up, you know, I, I shared a little bit about how there's conflict and some other things that were going on. Long story short, my parents ended up divorced. Um, that was a very kind of ugly hmm. thing and was very difficult. So like I grew up living with my mom, having visitation with like my dad and it was like supervised visitation. So that was really weird and hard hmm. on both sides. And, um, and then with my mom, um, even at times was we were living with people in our church and I was sleeping on the couch, uh, you know, with her in a living room somewhere. And, um, and yeah, and then my, my mom was pregnant with my little sister. Uh, I was five years old. Um, actually the day that my mom gave birth to my little sister, I had an appendicitis. So she was, uh, in the hospital, obviously giving birth. And, uh, how old were you? I was five. Jeez, man. And uh, and then over the phone, she hears me on the other side screaming. The doctor actually heard me screaming through the phone and was like, you need to get him into the doctor. It turns out um, I would have died that day had they not got me in. Um, mm. Like my appendix burst. There was like gangrene everywhere or whatever. And Jeez. So God spared my life. Um, it all worked out. <laughs> Everybody lived. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, man, fast forward, um, I, I grew up with my mom. My mom homeschooled me. I hung out there. My mom had a awesome faith in the Lord. Mm. Um, and, yeah, just raised me. Like I said, one of the most memorable things is just, like, my mom's faithfulness to just have, like, these devotions every day that I was, that I was a part of and she'd make it, she'd put music in that. And it just like gave me a, that was how I learned how to put God's word in my heart was via song. Mm. And she would make up all these funny jingles that literally I can remember to this day of how I remembered scriptures or whatever. Mm. And, um, and so, yeah, that was, that was really influential and huge in my life. And so I ended up, uh, I gave my life to the Lord as a youngster, actually, at a Billy Graham crusade. Oh, um, wow. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, my mom went down with me and, and prayed. And so 
that was super cool. And then I got involved um, in youth group, uh, you know, young age. I started playing drums in the in the church band and stuff like that. And uh, always had that was like my friend circles, all of that. So God, you know, I don't know how you say it, sheltered me. I, I never mm. got like I never went into all of the party. Like I never was interested in drugs, drinking, party, sure. like that kind of thing. It was great because I had I had friends in that world, but everybody like respected me as like the guy who wasn't going to who didn't want to do that. <clears throat> Or like who wasn't swearing or who wasn't yeah. sleeping with whoever. Yeah. And uh and so man, yeah, I was just the grace of God over my life during that time and um Man, I, I wanna ask you about that too, because I think one of the things that I am particularly passionate about is, you know, and it sounded like you were able to like maintain your just your friend group and stuff. Yeah. One of the things that I'm I'm always passionate about is how how to not. This sounds weird to say it this way, but how to make Christianity not weird. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like, do you, yeah. th- you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Like, there's just so much craziness that goes with it, and with with really any faith for that matter. For you know, for people listening that are Catholic or whatever, you know, um, <clears throat> that's one of the things that. Because, you know, we've all been been to those, we've seen the televangelists on TV that are, you know, we've seen all the farting preacher videos and all the weird <laughs> stuff that, you know, uh, that that goes with it. And there's just so much weirdness out there. Right. Um, and that's one of the one of the things that I've loved about being able to work in, you know, a lot of a lot of Christian music and, and trying to to make something that's relevant and not just this little sub niche of music that only these yeah, kind awesome. of weird people <laughs> you know I'm, I'm i'm using the word weird and in in, in it's 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 the, the wrong word but just a, a unique not all small, the time not all the time <laughs> unique not not uh i don't know the bible talks about being in the world but not of the world i, I think yeah. a lot a lot of christianity doesn't do a great job of that yeah it's more in the world and in itself you know or, <laughs> or not in the world and not of the world would be, be a better way to put it so Man, I, I just would love to hear your perspective on that because just you know you sharing about growing up and having having all the friends that were in the drugs and drinking and things. That, that's I relate yeah. to that because I I never quite sowed my wild oats so to speak like that <laughs> either. So yeah, um, yeah. How, how do you how do you think about that with with your faith? Yeah, and I, and or I do have you two, at all? I, oh yeah, I have two kids now, so I I just think when that when kids come along, it like. You know, you start thinking about that for them and how do I make this, how can I, it's just, when you said how to, you know, kind of how do we make it not weird, I just think make it real, you know, like that's, it's it's as short and as easy as that. I remember my kids turning the corner to church back in the day and my son at least, um, and he would start crying, you know, when we'd turn that corner and like start going towards church and it was just like, this is remember being like, I don't, this isn't how I want my son to know the Lord and like what his faith to look like. Um, and you know, now, you know, we're living here, me and you go to the same church actually. Um, and it's awesome because my son like loves church and it's real for him. Like it wasn't something that was just like being spoke at him or like, uh, whatever, just, he wasn't getting talked at. 
Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't like, like brainwashing Fill out this paper. Yeah. yeah, it was just like yeah. he it, – it, it's real for him. And so he wants to pray for that kid over there on the playground who's sick. Mm-hmm. Or he'll he'll – like he understands the love of God. He understands the power of the Holy Spirit working in his life. And I think that that's just – for me, that's – I'm just speaking from my own personal experience, obviously, here. But it's just like – what is how is that really impacting me and and how does that in turn you know freely you have received now freely to give like yeah, how yeah. can i put employ that in my life and actually put that into action and so for me that all came around like actually doing stuff for god not just like it just being about me but it being more about other people and letting God, you know, yeah. work through me and letting yeah. me, you know, being hands and feet in the world. And yeah. so, well, man, one of the things that has helped me and I'll just kind of, that's a, that's a great answer. Thank you for, for going there with me. I know it's a little bit of an odd question. Yeah, I love it. But, um, one of the things that's helped me over the years is when you're, when you're trying to weigh out what's that, this is a question that we're all asking all the time. What's real, what's fake, what's not real, what's, what's fake. And I think it was my old pastor when, you know, I was just asking about all, you know, healings and all this stuff. And like, Mm. you know, um, there are times probably unfortunately more often than not where it's just the person trying to get attention or Mm. them just being crazy or they're maybe they're like a new believer and they all of a sudden think they have they're like in X-Men or something and they can like see through walls and touch people. And then, you know, it's, 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 which I think is both sometimes beautiful and sometimes like, okay, go sit down. Go sit down. Yeah. <laughs> you're, freak, you're, you're scaring people. You're yeah. scaring people. So the, I was just talking about that and he was like, man, really the best test that I know of is really two questions. Number one, is there confusion or is there clarity? Hmm. And then number two, is the attention being drawn to the person or is it being pointed back to God? Yeah. And and that's helped me navigate through so much of the BS or what for lack of a better term yeah. of, you know, cuz you can you can just tell that. You don't have nobody has to Yeah. You they don't have to be having a spotlight shown yeah. on them. You just you you kind of can just sense it. And, yeah. And maybe that's a simplistic way of thinking about it, but No, man. I no and I think that's really good. And I think for me, also, like, don't throw the baby out with the bath, bath water kind of thing. Yeah. Like, I remember, because I've been, man, on both as far as I, I, I am now personally non-denominational, whatever, but I've been a part of various denominations and that kind of thing through the years myself. And I've sat in very, like, structured, uh, you know, reading straight through the Bible kind of churches but i've also been part of like the other side where they're like waving like (laughs) like laying down fake jewelry on the floor and like doing like the full like getting weird on the weird side of things um and so the don't throw the baby out with the bathwater thing for me has been really important because it allows god to just you know do what he's gonna do and me not put limitations on that so when you say the two things being clarity or confusion, um, I think that to a certain extent, like for me, 
because I just think if you look back in Scripture, like the prophets, Jesus himself, like the apostles, did some really weird things that probably there were a lot of confused people like, okay, like what are you doing with the, you know, can we not be praying over the dead people like just whatever or Elisha and the bones and like whatever. There's a lot of crazy stuff that can be like this is too far, too far. You're taking it too far kind of thing. And I don't want to be that person for God. But like 100% on the second one being like, is this for people or is this for the glory of God? Hmm. Like that has been for sure like uh, a, a litmus test for me of just like there's so many people, unfortunately, in ministries and pastors and whatever. And even some of those like start really good. And like I think it's like all for, you know, like pointing to Jesus and then, you know, give it time and people are people and it just gets ugly and there's power and there's money and there's whatever yeah, and then it's it, influence yeah. yeah and then it just like sucks them in and it stops being about god and it starts being about people yeah and then there it goes yeah so well that's that's and that's a good way to look at it i i think for me i guess it's just a you know there's an analytical side of my brain where it's it's maybe it's a more personal thing than just a yeah. general thing i'm not saying that should be the way everybody looks at it it's more just for me i know for myself there have been moments in my life when somebody comes up and gives you a word or lays hands on you and you know heals you or whatever and it, and i'm just confused or whatever it just feels yeah. like this is something's not right here um yeah but there have been times when people have told me things that they maybe shouldn't know like just you know words that are so specific that I'm like, yeah. okay, that's there's perfect clarity there. That could only be from God. So, yeah, I think totally just to agree. clarify, that's sort of what I'm meaning there. And, um, yeah. man, thanks for going there with me for a second. I love it. Um, <laughs> want to get back to your uh, music career? Yeah. How did your dream for your life, maybe in your teenage years or kind of coming up, doing you know playing in youth group bands and stuff? How did it differ from the life that you're currently living, or is it really similar? Like, are there Man, well, the youth group bands, uh, I will say there was a time when I was in high school where I, like, man, what were the bands? We were, we were, like, we were doing, like, dream theater songs and, like, uh... <laughs> what youth group were you going to that kids could play dream theater songs? <laughs> Wait, so that, that wasn't the youth group, but that was, like, yeah, some high school buddies, um, and, and I was the drummer, and we did, like, talent shows and stuff like that. But that was like my first my my first band, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the difference between then and now, I guess. Um, or maybe you're just your a better way to ask it might be your perception of what being a musician looks like versus like what it actually is. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, back then you're not trying to. Now it requires your whole like everything, and so, y- you know, we're, we're trying to live and I have a family and all of us have families or we're adults now (laughs) so it's like uh I guess a big part of it then or a big part of it now is that I don't live with my parents and none of us do and so that's just I guess what a, a big responsibility that you that you walk into as an adult um so with that yeah you're trying to pay bills but also trying to um 
you know, just continue ministry. And I, and I, really at the root of that, again, like you can start to take your eyes off of like the kingdom of God and put it on what's going on right here in, in front of you and you're building your own kingdom and whatever. And that was another thing that got me in to doing what I'm doing now is I sat again in a cubicle for over 10 years going like, God, this is really cool. I could see the benefits of it. And that's what kept me there for that long. Mm. Um, but I was also like aching, like my soul was aching, like how God, please get me out of these cubicle walls. Mm. Like, you know, I don't belong in front of this computer filling out Excel sheets and, you know, handing in my goldenrod you know, documents or whatever to, to clear down the aisle. Like I just, this isn't what I was made for. And so I just wanted to do something that had an eternal value to it, like Mm. eternal value. And I think that that now is just as important, um, as then is like, do something like with eternal value, because it's not only going to like bring satisfaction to, to your soul, but it's also going to bless others and it's also going to grow like what you're doing like it's gonna you'll be provided for you'll be taken care of Mm. um so we've just tried to keep the main thing the main thing um you know we're again we didn't intend on being a band so i think that that's helped us in certain it's it's made it hard in certain ways because we're like well we don't know what we're doing (laughs) (laughs) but it's also like made it um, good in other ways because we can just go back to what we were doing that first night of like, let's get people together and let's worship the Lord and let's be there for each other. And Mm. that's essentially what we do. So, (laughs) yeah, it's well, well said, very well said. Um, who is maybe, uh, it could be currently or just in general in your career, but who's, who is your biggest inspiration? Oh man. Um, So there, there are some people that just stand out in my mind. I'll just kind of go off the top. But Matt Redman is somebody that always just comes to mind musically mm. for me and lyri- lyrically. And, like, um, I love old people. <laughs> <laughs> so there's just something about, like, the depth of those wells that I, I just love to, to – uh, I love staying in a learner mindset. Like, I'm always learning. Um and the people I learn the most from usually I feel are older folks. And I feel like some of those people aren't maybe old in age, but they're old souls. And I think yeah. Matt Redman has kind of been one of those people. Yeah, like yeah. just early on, I was like, wow, there's something about the depth of the lyrics that he's writing mm. that just like means something like it just grabs me like in my soul. So, mm. um, he was really influential for me, and then uh, yeah, shout out, shout out to Matt Redman. He actually um, he was on our podcast. Uh, really, people Sweet. can go to the description and find I'm a going. link for the episode. It's it just the way he thinks about things. I, I gotta totally agree with you. Yeah. It's, it's it's another planet, quite literally. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of like a theologian slash you know Astronaut. musical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he's awesome man i would love to meet him one day um that's super cool you okay. got to. that's awesome but um <clears throat> yeah him um 
you know, uh, Reeve Carney, John Mayer, like th- those guys also were really Brooke Frazier. Like those those pe- people were very. I just love their songwriting. I'm like they are outside of the box thinkers, and um, just kind of blew my mind in, in different. Who was the first ways. one that you mentioned? Reeve Carney of the band Carney, um, or he was also like guitar player for Johnny Lang, mm. like. Way back when. I gotta check that out. We'll put that in the put that in the show notes. Go check, check him out. out. He's he's just an incredible human, anyways. Like him and his brother, check out Zane Carney because he's like one of the best guitar players I've ever seen in my life. Mm. But um, Reeve is like one of the best songwriters. He's just incredible songwriter. So and really unique and incredible voice. Anyway, him um, and uh, you wouldn't listen to his music by the way i don't think and be like oh yeah you get you know you're inspired influenced by him yeah but anyway the songs i wrote back when and now are like you wouldn't think i'm the same person either like i love being just really diverse in the way that we write and stuff but well there's there's some some foundation that was built there though for sure yeah yeah um so him and then people like Ravi Zacharias just yeah. passed away. Um, yeah. Man, he was like I cried when I found out that that he died because it was just like mm. uh, one of those, you know, like, you know, I got saved at a Billy Graham crusade. It was just one of those people that like has has spoke to me in such a profound way. And um, a lot of those spiritual questions that you that you ask along the journey, um, even questions we're probably still asking ourselves, you know. Um, Ravi is one of those minds that's just like you can go back to. Mm-hmm. Like I encourage anybody out there, whether you're in faith or, you know, don't care about God or whatever or have walked away from faith or anything like that, like go check out Ravi Zacharias. He's just like I think such yeah, a brilliant, incredible Grace and truth, mm-hmm. and I've just always like he brings truth, but he does it in such a loving and graceful way. Mm-hmm. Um, meets people where they're at. So, yeah, those are just some people yeah. that really stand out to me. Well said. So, what's behind the name "I Am They"? For sure. Besides the bad grammar, um, <laughs> we uh, we come from Nevada, man. What do you expect? Uh, I. Uh, we got it from John 17, and um, throughout that chapter, throughout that passage, Jesus is praying for his disciples, and um, you're talking about, you know, being in the world, not of the world. That's that that's that same chapter where Jesus says um, that, <laughs> and so, um, uh, and then he also says that they would be one just as you and I are one, and so he's he's referring to his disciples as they. Um, throughout that passage as he's praying for them and really like laying out an identity for like us as believers. And so I am they is personalizing that and just mm-hmm. taking ownership of that. And um, we've, we've always just said like the ministry means more than the music and like it's more about the lives that we live than the songs that we sing. And I am they just it speaks to that. And it's not just something it's not a band name it's not just for us on the stage but it's it's we love that it's just all inclusive like it's it's everybody you know Mm -hmm. if you're in christ 
you can say I am they and just like claim that identity. Mm. Um, and so it, it's always been really good to like throughout the years to go back to the passage, like to have kind of like a something you could go back to and read through and be like, there it is. Like, that's what we aim at. That's, that's your North Star. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, so and I feel like we've been learning that identity like more and more through the years like we wouldn't have you know it's kind of like in scripture where you see like people have names and they mean a certain thing and then like you watch their journey and you're like oh cool like it's cool how those two things correlate yeah yeah um that's just how it's been for us where we're like i don't think we knew the fullness of what we were (laughs) stepping into or naming ourselves or whatever um but just our identity as they and what that means to like the plural of us Mm. even like it's not just a a singular identity thing but it's like it's all of us Mm. and each one of us in the band is very different we're all like a different enneagram number we're all Mm. a different whatever like we're we all have different personalities we think differently even like the way we walk out our faith is you know can look differently sometimes and the way we think about Mm. you know politics or this or that and that's been that can be challenging Mm -hmm. but i think that that is beautiful um and has been for us because we've learned that like jesus knew that when he was talking about they in that passage and when he said that they would be one and he Mm -hmm. called us to unity like he knew that he made us all different yeah but he still called us to unity and so um we've been learning how to do that over the course of the last 10 years. So, <laughs> yeah. So good, man. And that, that kind of leads me to the next question is, you know, you, you mentioned earlier that it's three out of six of the original band members are, are there today. And you, you guys are a five piece now. Actually two, two. Okay. Two, yeah. two out of six. Okay. <laughs> so there you go. Um, which makes this question even more relevant. How do you, how have you adapted to band member changes? I mean, that's, that's a crazy thing. I, I I know from having having been there. How how do you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's really summing up in one word um, on both sides, man. It's like <clears throat> just because I've been there longer, that's that's my perspective. Is just because I've been there longer doesn't doesn't make me more important. Doesn't make my my opinion greater than somebody else's Mm. um you know just really loving each other like you want to be loved and you know those (laughs) those things that you learn growing up i guess treat people the way you want to be treated and and love people with the the same love that you want to get back and respect people and speak into people and believe in people um even even that's been something that's been really big actually in my world is just like uh speak into somebody even my kids like Mm. like better than who they are right now Mm. or whatever or greater than maybe they're treating you right now or that kind of thing like talk at them like they're the best thing in the world and they're your best friend Mm. and um almost speak into them the things that you want to see come to life in them. Mm-hmm. And um, I think over time, like, you see a lot of that actually take form and take shape. 
Man, that's such a huge I'm, – I'm really glad you brought that up, and this is obviously a bigger discussion than just music, but so much of the chaos that's going on in the world today, you know, you can turn on the news and there's a new hate crime that happens every day. And I just I, – I love this idea of like, okay, there are groups of people that have drawn – circles around themselves and that's mm -hmm. them it's us and them mm -hmm. the best way to overcome that isn't by trying to fight through that circle but it's by drawing a bigger circle around both of us yeah and i think that's not only just a kingdom thing it's just a great way to live by yeah <laughs> that you're just really all you're doing is you're being you're being generous with your mindset and your mentality and your interpretation of somebody else if they yeah. said something that you could interpret as being a threat or harmful or mean or whatever. I'm going to choose to look at that like, you know what? This person's probably having a bad day. Yeah. Or, you know, I just think so many problems could be solved by that. Yeah, totally. We have kind of, it's not a rule, but it's just like a thing that we've taught our kids is just like everybody on the playground is a friend. Like mm. we talk, we call them friends and it doesn't matter what they, how mean they have been or what they're doing to somebody else um, or what they look like or, you know, whatever it may be, like the little dividing things like they, my kids always, you know, would come back from Chick-fil-A back when we could go inside Chick-fil-A <laughs> exactly, <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> and they'd be like, you Looking know, forward to that. <laughs> yeah. I, I got to play with three friends, you know, in Chick-fil-A yeah. or whatever. And like that kind of, you know, some some kids just see the world that way anyway. But it's really putting on those that that lens and just being like, man, what if we just saw each other? That's another thing that um, was really important for me growing up. I'd say like uh, I learned, kind of took this to heart the end of my teenage years. Um, <laughs> this sounds really weird too. <laughs> now that I'm saying it out loud, but seeing people like babies like like as as they were babies like if i look at you as a giant ba bearded baby <laughs> <laughs> um, there you go there you go that's a way to look at it but yeah, yeah one um sometimes it does make you laugh but i i learned that on the streets of san francisco doing ministry to homeless people mm. and um they like have like, urine on themselves and they whatever are like whatever they're just nasty and yeah. they they're they're the outcast you yeah. know yeah. um and i would look at that person who hasn't showered and god knows how long and smells to high heaven mm. and just see them as a baby mm. a, a, a fresh new life wow. coming into this world and that totally changed like how I speak to them and how I value them and understanding that that we all carry that we've been made in the image of God and we carry that kind of value hmm. so I think that's really important like you said just the days that we live in it's like recognizing people that way hmm. um, and treating people that way man so so good um there's a lot of directions we could go off on this, but I know that you you guys are busy 
finishing. Well, the new record's finished, but you're you're gearing up <laughs> towards releasing it. So I'm I'm grateful for the time you've given us today. Oh, man, um, but I just kind of have a few closing questions before we get to our lightning round and our deep Woo. dive, which we're going to be talking about <laughs> the making of Faithful God, about your new, newest record. So. It's it's so evident that you know you have a you have a very big heart for ministry, and it's it, the question I would ask is, is it a challenge to go out and feel like you're promoting an album or something that you're doing with an album that's geared towards worship and ministry, or how do you kind of think about that? The balance of like you got to do marketing. Obviously, people people won't hear about it if if it's not well marketed. Yeah. But how do you think about that, like with this whole idea of self-promotion or yeah, whatever it is, and, and kind of balancing that with it being a ministry? I just lean into the ministry side of it personally. Um, I love writing songs, um, and I love ministry. And um, the other stuff I've leave to other people so <laughs> you can have them on and ask them how they do. No, yeah. I, I get it. I mean, I, I definitely... Um, I was asking as I came in today, like, when does the record come out? Like, I was asking our managers because I, I just don't I have a great, um, like, storehouse for, for all of those kind of things. Um, and I, I actually, I don't have an Instagram anymore. Um, hmm. I live about an hour outside of town. <laughs> you can just kind of see, like, what my life kind of looks like. I just the and, band. The band has an Instagram, though. Yes, that's true. Yeah. So um, it's been awesome, man, to have a record label and they do what they do to promote that and send that all over the world. And um, you know, but to me, again, it's like that's how the ministry gets gets out. And that was originally. I said we got a couple offers or whatever. That was something that really stood out to us. When we met our A and R guy Blaine at Sony Provident, mm. it felt like everything was like he was ministry minded, mm. and that really stood out to me and to us was like, this guy understands like where we come from and what we're about, and it's not about we we sat in the room with people that like God bless them they're probably like still doing ministry mm. they probably still love Jesus I'm not saying they don't I just we sat in the room with people that were like, how many, how many Instagram followers do you have? Or how, you know, how many, yeah. how many people do you have on Facebook or what are your, what do the numbers look like? You know, do you have any, like, show me your accolades, show me, show me what you've done. Sure. Um, and <clears throat> number one, we didn't really have any of that. Yeah. <laughs> and um, two, it just wasn't in our heart like it wasn't what we wanted to it's not start why you're with. doing it yeah. yeah and so i think it just has to start with ministry and when blaine was like we want to get behind what you guys have going on and that like he came out to a worship night and just mm -hmm. like was there and participated and was like i just love what's happening in this room mm -hmm. and like he's like i just want to get behind that and so and and push that forward um we're like, yeah, let's do that. So I just, I think whatever pushes the ministry forward, mm. that's probably a good way to look at it. Yeah. Is just um, 
again, keep the main thing to me, like keep your eyes on Jesus and what can carry, like what can push the ministry forward? How can we mm. do that? And then there are ways that we can do that through yeah. these different various channels, as you know, and yeah. you are very good at it. So, well, learning, I'm learning, <laughs> trying to learn, um, man. So good. Let's just, let's leave it at that. And then we'll jump into our lightning round for our listeners who would like to check out your music and find out more about you and the band. Where can they go? I am they.com. I am they.com. And we will make sure to link to it as well as cool. the new album, which we are going to be doing our deep dive. If anybody wants to deep dive with me into the making of the new record with Matt, I'm actually interested to hear this part because we made it together. And oh, so this is like, so pumped. he's going to come on and so say, good. Hey, we, we loved it except for the producers. <laughs> it was great. Except for that. Oh, whatever, man. <laughs> that was the best part. Uh, that's awesome. That's so, so we are going to do a deep dive on that. If you want to check that out, go to madeitinmusic.com and you can check out the deep dive there, but Hey, let's jump into the lightning round. Are you ready? I don't know if I am. Let's do it. All right. Find out. Who was your favorite Christian artist when you were growing up? Uh, Michael W. Smith. If you could star in any movie, what character would you play and why? Uh, any, any, like any movie that already existed? Or that will be made. If you uh, could star in any movie, okay. what character I, would you I'd, play and I'd why? be in Space Jam, and I'd be one of the monsters. So I could destroy Michael Jordan. I don't know. Well said. <laughs> Something on your bucket. Where that came from. Yeah, hey, something on your bucket list that you haven't gotten to do yet. Bucket list skydiving. We got a plane waiting outside. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Favorite Bible verse. Um, Matthew six thirty three, which is seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added. Um, I think that speaks to a lot of what we've talked about, and just like how to prioritize your life and. Um, you know, the hard thing about this life is like try, trying to trying to prioritize and trying to to put it in order that is satisfying for you, but also like cares for your family and all of the, like it's just a good life verse mm-hmm. um, and it has always been the thing like when you talk about the anchor and like the thing to go back to and on my worst days, like what can I what can I zero in on like? Mm-hmm. I can just go back to that verse and be like, hey, where is God in this? Hmm. Seek first that and don't worry about the finances. Don't worry about like all of this. Don't worry about the fact that I don't have Wi-Fi or cell yeah, service yeah. at my at my house. You know, you know, like just those things will, will find their way. Yeah, that's awesome. And lastly, what was your first concert? Uh, Matthew West was... Yeah, uh, uh, well, no, that was our first, so that was our first, that was our first, first show IMD as a band. concert. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> what was your first, first concert? First concert um, was, I think, Plank Eye. Oh, yeah. You remember Plank Eye? I absolutely do. Goodbye. Back in the day. Oh, man. <laughs> Carson City in the park. They yep. headlined, and that was, that was it. Man, I got to go back and listen I think to that. after that, it was Delirious. Okay. That'd been a good show. Oh, man legends yeah absolutely well matt this has been absolutely awesome again people can check out i am they at i am they.com and stick around with us meaning head over to madeitmuses.com if you want to check out the deep dive of how we made the new record together faithful god which you should also check out hey.